0: this is the one with sliders the matrix a coup at the citadel time lord man the cloister wars the internet war the doctor of war and clora who it's called hell
1: Bent. here we go, go.
0: We're still on our epic phrase. All
2: through time and all through space. the beam, and angels now.
1: Dalek, Cyber, Zood and wow!
0: Counting Sonic's
1: rating apps. From the poor to the sublime.
2: Echoes and to Whittaker. Let's agree, it's about time.
1: Who
0: back when? Reviewing mm-hmm. on you, who there is. Who back when? Subscribe and rate mm-hmm. on iTunes, iTunes, please.
2: Rose and Donna. Amy Pond.
0: Rory Clara. And beyond. Join, Join us on this side to see what other choice could there be but back
2: who back when?
3: Who back when?
2: Hello everybody out there, listeners one and all, welcome to an episode of Who Back When, a Doctor Who podcast oh, or dog post. This week we're reviewing number N129, Hellbent. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Super. Hell nice. Yeah. Yeah. With me tonight, uh, I have two very accomplished gentlemen. Uh, the lady, wow, oh, 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 really? Oh, the gentleman in black.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, that would be me. Hello, Leon here. Hello, Marie. Hello, Podcastland.
2: Oh, Hi. It's coming. Who's, who's the and uh, other? the dashing <laughs> chap in the green. Oh, he's dashing, is
1: Oh yes, my dashing greenness. That would be me, like When? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Marie. Excellent introduction so far. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and of course. Yes, I am Marie. And Marie's wearing light blue for anyone who's interested.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So we've had the exit of Clara... And here we have the second exit of Clara.
1: (laughs) Everyone excited? I'm excited that Series 9 is now eating our dust and we can put a particular moment of Doctor Who history behind us. How do you
0: feel about this, Marie?
2: Always excited to see Clara, so made my day. Yeah, there's like bonus Clara. Exactly, extra Clara.
1: still not the last time you'll see Clara, but
2: yeah, sure. (laughs) Wait, is it not? No, it's not!
0: (laughs) That's okay, I've also forgotten about
2: that. <laughs> so, shall we jump into a quick B Scow to let Podcast Land know what's going on? Oh, do let's!
0: Time for us to synopsize, labify, and summarize. So, take a view and, and grab a brick and, of and a listen to this overview, this free for We like to cook a chunk of who. Chunk of
2: An amnesic doctor rocks up in a familiar-looking diner on the wrong side of a hill in the middle of the Nevada desert and busks his way to a lemonade on the house. But the woman serving him is not your average Nevadan diner waitress. Nope, she's the impossible girl, once again seemingly resurrected. Flashback
0: to billions of years later, and Doc is staging a silent coup on Gallifrey, kicking out rascally Rassilon, the resident president, and planning to save his friend for whom he apparently remained incarcerated. Although this was never truly established, and although surely this could not be done. Unlike units, the Time Lords are actually capable of performing an extraction. So the
1: Doctor went the long way round to pluck Clara from the end of her time stream, and try to kickstart her heart. But between the universe dying, all of time possibly fracturing, and the hybrid being revealed,
0: can everyone possibly have a happy ending? B-Scout over. scout ever! <laughs> <laughs> you are welcome! Thank oh, you, Drew, geez. for both the beginning and end of that
2: line. <laughs> Why, yes, completely seamless.
0: <laughs> hmm. Any <So> questions?
2: <laughs> has, nobody has anything negative at all to say about it. Yeah,
1: how could anyone possibly raise a question about the coherence of this episode? I mean, Carl <laughs> back.
0: That's all you need to know, surely. Oh, really? So does that mean that you're entirely enthralled by this episode, Marie?
2: Do you know what it is? It's the Star Wars thing. It's the, the new Star Wars. If you're engaged with the Ray slash Kylo Ren slash Ben story, then they're brilliant. But if you pay attention to anything else that's happening outside of that, that's when people have criticisms. And so if I look at this episode... <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the prequel
0: about... uh, trilogy, actually. I mean, as long as you're invested in the romance between uh, Amidala and, <laughs> anyway, yeah. I mean, sorry, yeah, yeah no. Go, nobody's carry on. invested
2: <laughs> in that, surely, <laughs> surely not. Um, but yeah, if you if I just look at the Clara and the Doctor scenes, then this is like the best episode ever, and I'm so excited to see Clara back, and this is fantastic. But as soon as you stop to think about whatever the heck is going on with the rest of it, it's yeah. Well, possible. let's do a very who Back When like thing and give this
1: episode maybe 10 minutes before we tear into it i thought that it was ingenious the way that stephen moffat has a companion exit to handle and he's like i need this to outdo all previous companion exits how can i do this and he does it by giving both sides a heartbreaking sentimental farewell they both effectively die they both get death scenes but only one of them actually has to leave the show
0: Agreed. I was prepared. I think this may have um, spawned from either our review of Heaven Sent or of a conversation we had off the record after pressing stop on that review. I was expecting a really bad episode, and quite frankly, I was very positively surprised by this. There are values to be seen in this episode, both in the present-day Nevada and the flashback future of Gallifrey, even though there are tons of things we will undoubtedly tear apart.
2: Absolutely and I think I was really worried that everyone was going to hate on this episode because I think like the Doctor Who fandom kind of hate on the cafe TARDIS you know me and Clara flying around in space isn't that very convenient and I was sat there really timidly going I think I quite liked it is that okay but it is a good episode I think it's really enjoyable episode maybe that's a little generous it's <laughs> not a really enjoyable episode it is
0: a, no you are right it is a really enjoyable episode i just don't know if it's a really good one <laughs> is that...
1: <laughs> yeah there's a difference yeah and this episode is a great example of that
0: difference yeah there, yeah there are some things that truly don't make sense or that are maybe a little bit too convenient but i i i think i still really liked it
1: yeah oh the way capaldi playing the guitar first of all he he rocks into town like a gunslinger except his guitar is his gun and and that sort of provides a nice mellow through line while everything else is all high drama and utter bollocks (laughs) he's just sitting there playing this theme so coolly and and invitingly oh i wish i could go and see him in concert i wish i could just follow him around full stop where is he tonight?
2: You want to be that lady in the cafe with him just serenading you? Oh, definitely. <laughs> I want a theme, Drew's theme. Keep playing Drew's theme, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit so, like self-referential in the fact that we've always known it as Clara's theme, and it obviously comes on screen whenever it's an important moment for Clara. But for him to say, this song is called Clara, and for her to recognize it, it's like, how, like, when did that happened does he just sit in the TARDIS and play to her and go I've I've made you a tune apparently the first time that that's happened
0: by the way I'm looking at the trivia so it, it is called Clara on the soundtrack for series seven but previously it was known as the impossible girl oh very nice do you want to know the words by the way
3: what there are words Clara, yeah the words, the the words. Girl. <laughs>
1: well, mine's going to be very similarly not making sense It goes, Clara, Clara's dead, but she's not dead. She is standing in front of me.
0: Beautiful. That's that's
1: what she told him down in the uh, crypt, and he was like, this doesn't make any sense. And she's like, it
0: will. A podcast can shazam that. That was really well done. (laughs) Oh, I can't last 10 minutes. Can we start ripping into it? Yeah, can we do that? <laughs> <laughs> I already tried, guys. I already tried. Everyone's holding back. <laughs> it's
1: just not in my nature. <laughs> okay, okay. I can hold us off for 10 more seconds with some facts. Oh, let's hear it. This is the last episode of Series 9. Woo-hoo. It was written by Stephen Moffat. It was directed again by Rachel Talalay, that old horror film vet, and it was first broadcast on the 5th of December 2015. Yeah now who wants to start with a question i've got a question oh let's hear it how did clara clara prime not a splinter clara recreate the exactly the diner that the doctor only visited with amy and rory
0: thank you i'm gonna check that off
2: my list as well (laughs) (laughs) marie you've got to convince us both But do we we establish that Clara Prime doesn't have the memories of Splinter Clara? Yeah, but she was never there. When he is
0: in the the diner, he goes, I recognise this diner, we used to be elsewhere, but I was here, and I was here with Rory and Amy in brackets, not Clara.
2: Yeah, but Splinter Clara could have been in the background just making sure maybe someone poisoned his drink and she had to... Maybe she was a clumsy waitress that spilled his drink and had to get him a new one. And we just didn't see that scene.
0: Wait, sorry, hang on. Wait, wait, wait. Are you suggesting that she was in the diner because she's just been following him around? Or that the diner that he was in with Rory and Amy was in fact also a TARDIS? In fact, this
2: TARDIS? I wasn't, but she's she's now got a TARDIS. What's to say that she, yeah, didn't go back in time and is there? No, I don't know. Yeah, it's cool. true.
1: Everything about Clara reeks Doctor Tourism. So she, she is going to go and see all the adventures that previously the Splinter Claras have been keeping all to themselves, selfish moves. Yeah.
2: The ones she missed <laughs> out on, but she's heard a lot about. So all the... I think she'll be really intrigued by River as well. So she'd go back to any point that was important for River. Yeah, yeah,
0: the competition. Yeah. my nearest contenders. Exactly. exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: hmm. I'm not sure I'm convinced by that answer. <laughs> There there were too many questions in it, for starters. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's also just a fairly
1: irresponsible thing to do right at the end. It's it's like when Amy and Rory left, in fact, (laughs) a previous companion exit by the same writer. And he was like, Doctor can't possibly go back in time in New York. That particular time and place can't be rewritten. And then he goes right back to Amelia Ponds, where the universe is literally cracking in half. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to rewrite all of this from scratch because that's a good idea.
2: (laughs) Buffett, leave well alone! The whole first maybe 10 minutes of the episode were completely self-referential to like so many different episodes going back. So we had the cafe, we had the barn, which was the same barn on Gallifrey that I think the war doctor was in. And it's also the same barn that baby doctor was asleep in when Clara was like, under the bed and she she grabbed his leg in nightmares so the day Um, of the doctor and listen yeah there's uh, i wrote them all down let me get my notes oh Um,
0: the notes are out podcast land
2: I mean, I probably didn't write them all down, because I think I think it was intentional. <laughs> I think it was um, yeah, the notes are out, and they are fabulous. Yeah. So we have the Sisterhood of Khan, um, yep. all the old monsters in the crypt are all monsters that we've seen before. Apart from, it's interesting that the angels are there, but Clara's never seen the angels, I don't think. Has she? Oh, has she not? Because the first time... Yeah, I saw them. I was like, oh, my God, does she know who they are? Close your eyes, Clara. And I didn't, and I didn't know whether she would know how to respond to them. But obviously, Clara has seen everything through Splinter Clara. So. No, I don't think sure. she has. No, I don't no, think, I don't think so either.
0: Because I was going to say, actually, this makes perfect sense, because she does not react the way that she otherwise would. She's not constantly looking at them to make sure that they can't get her and stuff. She basically just, like, turns her back and goes away, so...
2: So She's freaked out that they're statues that appear to be moving, but she's not as scared as she should be. Yeah, Yeah. there's a little cherub as well.
1: They do say that the angels make a cameo in the time of the Doctor, i.e., Matt Smith's last episode.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Everyone does. The other thing which I quite liked was when the Doctor's eating soup and they tell him to lay down his weapon, he puts down his spoon, which is, I think, a reference to when he used a spoon as a weapon in the Sherwood one with Clara and he's fighting Robin of Sherwood on the bridge. Oh, that's a great callback! Interesting. Okay. (laughs) Oh, well done, Marie. Yeah. And then the scene with the... He's looking into the mirror. That really made me think of Capaldi's first episode when he's like who found me this face and he's looking in the mirror deep breath reversing the polarity that comes later but when clara's you know that's yeah
1: just, yeah like, classic no, that's everything yeah and that's, that's the, then, to
2: death. exactly but yeah and then the four knocks when me is outside it's like no one could be there it's the end of the universe and we get four knocks and just the whole episode is just littered with all these references from the entire span of new who basically i don't think it's just Capaldi's Doctor at all. Yeah, and being
1: so full of references, you've already touched there on one of the misdirects. Did you think... I mean, obviously, in hindsight, we know Missy isn't out there, but that is surely what he was trying to lead us to believe. She appeared in this series. We've been like, when's Missy coming back? Probably at the end of the series. No, she doesn't.
2: Yeah, and we don't... I can't remember what order things come in, but had they already had the revelation at that point that um, Missy was the one to put Clara and the Doctor together? No, that comes. I think that comes from me, does it? I remember
0: reading that from trivia one point, and it wasn't television-based. It was it was like trivia from a comic book or something. That- no, 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 it
1: happened in Death in Heaven, when they were in the crypt in St. Paul's. She came clean there. Oh, really? yeah. She was the woman in the shop.
2: But, but I mean, in this Oh, episode- yes, sorry, of referenced- course, sorry.
0: I was thinking of Pink, but yeah, yeah, sorry.
2: In this episode, it's referenced as well. Yeah. But I think... Yeah, when, I think-
1: when me and the Doctor have their... Yeah. Uh, discussion at the end so yeah it's, it's directly back. after the knocks
2: yeah but but anyway when when um yeah so there's the four knocks clara goes oh who could possibly out be out there and he says me like who who have you thought that that was me the character versus me the doctor like a different version of the doctor
0: I yeah, think at this point well certainly based on <laughs> the last review that we had i certainly knew that this was me the the character but I concede these are all lovely callbacks, but I have problems with lots of them. But I, I, you're on a roll, though. I don't want you to lose momentum on account of me. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it.
2: No, no, it's fine. What are your What are your problems then? <sighs> Okay. I mean, I'm on board with there being problems. I'm not saying this is a perfect episode. No, no. This, I just this, those are all enjoying, lovely things. Are there more callbacks, uh, though? Uh, not that I've written down. I'm sure there are lots. But I just enjoyed how pack, a lot of them seem to be within the first five minutes. And it just seemed to be packed full of this is like... A, an important episode. This is not just rounding off a series, it is rounding off, like, an era of Doctor Who. Like, it's calling back to so many things before. I think there are more callbacks,
0: by the way. Um, I mean, we we have Rassilon, the character, we have the Matrix, which appeared in Classic Who, and which recently appeared with the 13th Doctor. Is this the first time that we get an explanation for the Cloister Bells? I didn't realise in watching this, I watched this last night, I didn't realise as it came on screen that they're connected to the Matrix, and that's how the, the TARDIS, for example, manages to sort of stay intuitive and ring, you know, the bell tolls whenever there's danger nearby. It's because the Matrix has calculated that that's a quite likely outcome i thought that was clever um yeah i
1: think that is it's certainly new to me
0: mm.
2: yeah i think yeah we've heard of the close to bells before but i didn't yeah hadn't put together that that's what it was
0: yeah so so sorry yeah yeah not a callback but weaving in of more history yeah yeah yeah
2: yeah yeah. we
1: get the doctor talking about how previously he's erased his companion's memories by telepathy which is calling directly back to the doctor yes indeed (laughs)
0: Yeah, I did. I oh, like that. That's a plus point one. <laughs> 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 yeah, fine. Have it. <laughs> we'll talk you down. The um, <laughs> uh, Rasselon's gauntlet. I mean, maybe that's something that. I don't know, maybe that's something that appears in Classic Who as well. I don't remember having seen them in Classic Who yet. But uh, Timothy Dalton had the gauntlet thingy.
2: What was the gauntlet?
0: When the soldiers all switch sides and join Doc, Raslon goes, all right, fine, I'll stay here and I'll blast you with my laser gauntlet. Oh, uh, um, sure, yeah. How many lies do we give you? Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Back, Call back to the 50th. I've got all day! Exactly. <laughs> Okay, well, I do have questions, though, some of which might touch upon bits that you've just mentioned. There was a mention of the four knocks outside, which is at the very end of the universe. Wouldn't Matt Smith and Clara be there also listening for a knock on the door with badass McPinky in the spaceship? Weren't they also at the end of the universe when absolutely no one was around and there was still a knock on the door from outside the spaceship and it was really scary and blah blah? You know, with Mister Pink's uh, yeah, 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 like absolutely, great, great, grand, whatever. Oh, yeah,
3: sure, yeah.
1: Tennyson
0: Pink or whatever his bloody name. Yes, was. exactly. I feel it like <laughs> awesome because I remember thinking his name it, was yes. awesome. Yes, yeah. So, yeah, so awesome, yeah. <laughs> awesome Pink, <or> whatever. So <laughs> there's someone else who's at the end of the universe
1: and who would be inclined to give four knocks. Someone of a utopian bent. Bingo. Bring back (laughs) Jacoby! Just thought I'd pop in, he says. You've extracted me from the end of my time stream. Now, me and Michelle Gomez are twin masters slash missies. Ah, series 10. What what a series that would have been.
0: (laughs) Pretty fantastic. But yes, okay, that's not a question that necessarily... I mean, it doesn't in any way shit on this episode. But I, I do wonder why no one thought... Oh, yeah. Wait, can we have a look around? Because I'm also here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Can we hit it left? (laughs) Yeah. A bit small. Okay, I I have a more fundamental question. This also may not be a negative, but I I need you guys to explain this to me. How does Doc erasing his memory and Clara going off on her spin-off adventures with me not destroy the universe?
2: Uh I th- well I think it does basically. I, this what? is um, yeah we <laughs> like I was chatting with Jim about this at the end and how the episode finishes is oh I'm basically going you know I'm off on a big adventure now I will yes i will go back to my proper place and proper time and i will die when i'm supposed to die but i will go the long way around and the implication is she's she can take as long as she likes yeah couldn't she do that with doc yeah but i think i think that's wrong i think basically from this point forward everything is collapsing and so we've seen an extreme version of time collapsing or time and space collapsing and when um the doctors like on a train and he's got all this big hair. It's Matt Smith and he's got all the big hair and he looks like Jesus. And there's like, you know, the Cleopatra and Churchill and, and like everyone's in the same scene. And, the Wedding of River Song. Yeah. And um, I can't remember the name of it, but that, yeah, that's the one. And, Is that um, it? I thought it was the Big
1: Bang. Oh, that's <laughs> Well, that is also a, a Moffat written where the universe is extremely <laughs> compressed. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> he does this yeah, quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. but I feel like what will actually happen is that these things will start, the universe will start collapsing and Clara will start to notice and she will go, shit, okay, I can't do this forever. This has consequences and she will go back and face the raven it's not an indefinite i can just fly about forever with with no yeah repercussions. yeah
1: but like you say a little wiggle room when you put it together with the long way around has an upper limit of four and a half billion years apparently so <laughs> <laughs> there's another level to this in that i think moffat deliberately tries to muddy the waters in that he introduces a second consequence at one point which is similarly completely unresolved it's clara if you don't have your memory wiped of me, the Time Lords will be able to track you down. That's actually what we're trying to escape here. But equally that problem isn't solved either because she has her entire memory of Doctor in her head which they can apparently now use to find her whenever they like.
0: Yeah. And the universe is still going to collapse. Like, more importantly, I don't really care so much about Clara in this situation because literally every everyone else across space and time is in peril. It seems like someone who, during a bloody pandemic, goes to a forest rave. Like, why is she going on her own spin-off when <laughs> countless lives are at stake?
2: I like to think that she doesn't. This is why there isn't a spin-off, is because very soon after they start travelling, she realises, like, she comes to her senses and she goes, okay, I will do the right thing. um, Yeah.
1: Or her heart beats again and she falls to the floor immediately and me just has to sort of dump her body in the extraction chamber and they boot it out into Trap Street.
2: <laughs> i mean i was i was pitching a more elegant death than that but if, if that makes...
1: <laughs> well there's no death more elegant than thrusting your breasts forward and sucking in your tummy i mean that's worth seeing five times right agreed that's agreed how
2: I... <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: she does have a great figure but
0: come on stop <laughs> i have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> okay another question did you ever feel in heaven sent that the four and a half billion years spent in the, uh, I can't remember what it was called now, the confession dial, that they were for Clara's benefit?
2: Well, I feel like you were, you were basically saying that. You, was must, I? you were Yeah, you were very much saying like that this is him feeling guilty about letting Clara die and him kind of trying to repent and come to terms with that. And uh, Yeah, 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 absolutely.
0: Yeah. I stand by that. But do you feel that, okay, hang on. I'm in this confession dial. I'd better spend four and a half billion years in here so that I can arrive on Gallifrey at a time when they have invented this extraction room thingy so that I can save my mate Clara.
1: No, that's not it. He's going to take as long as he takes to punch his way through that diamond wall. If it had been a mere one billion years, even better. But the point is, is that he can exit the confession dial without having revealed to the time of, actually, I've got no information on the hybrid. I'm as clueless as you are. So well, you've how got does no help him? to make me Lord President and give me the authority to say take me to this technology and do what I want with it.
0: I feel like he could just go to that room.
2: Well, The the way that the people... doctor has never stolen anything on Gallifrey, Leon. Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> the way that people treat him when he gets to Gallifrey, that's not about the time he spent in the Confession aisle. That's about him as the war doctor. Yes. So Excellent
0: point. Bingo bongo.
2: already will give him the respect that he needs to, they call it his planet. He yeah. like he, this is this is one of my questions. So he he says to Russell on, "Get off my planet." Yeah, and then one by one, the other soldiers come to his side, and that, at some point, one of them says, "Yeah, get off his planet." And the commander, like, Kent Bones. Yeah, when did everybody decide that it was the Doctor's planet? Did I miss something? Uh, in
0: Classic Who, he was in fact, made the de facto president of Gallifrey at one point. Ah. Oh, really? So that, maybe, maybe this is a callback to that. I'm not sure. But okay. I mean, so at some point, he stopped being the president. and it. But at some point, he stopped being the president, and Brasselon took over, and probably other people were president in between.
2: I mean, if you haven't set foot on the planet in four billion years, then maybe you can't claim to be yeah, president. Yeah, you forfeit. <laughs> <laughs> Should be a yeah. bit personal.
1: He has been on the planet for four billion years,
0: just out in the drylands in a watch. <laughs> I don't understand how this benefited him. If he had just gone, all right, I don't know, that's the question, fine, I'll give you the answer. And then he's let out of the fob watch or the compass or whatever it is. And then Zamatron he just finds his TARDIS, <laughs> travels to the future or whenever this extraction technology exists. In fact, not just in the future, it must exist in a time that he has been to, because otherwise how would he know to go there? So yeah, possibly he doesn't even travel through time. He just travels through space in order to get to Gallifrey. And then, bing bong, he just, you know, plucks her out. Fuck, I think maybe I just answered it in my head. Does he know where Gallifrey is?
1: Yeah, I guess not. Because is it's the only way come- he can go to
0: Gallifrey, maybe?
1: It does sort of pop up completely out of the blue. And, yeah. and in fact, they make a point of not explaining it. They just say, oh, it's very clever. Yeah, I, I shouldn't. How, how would one dare to ask the Time Lords their own cleverness? It's just something you shouldn't, shouldn't mention, which, by the way, is bullshit or whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, I kind of liked it.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is a reason for it. And, and as you were saying, uh, you know what? One can posit a really prosaic workaround that takes out all of the meaning and the drama. I found myself saying no the meaning and the drama is exactly what stay, and i think it justifies it in this situation that he would go to those extraordinary lengths
2: i actually like to think that it did i don't think he did do it for clara i don't think he that this was his plan all along that i'm going to get out of this and therefore i'm going to save clara i think that's just a you know he rolls with the punches I think it was just sheer stubbornness. I think it was you want to force an answer from me, therefore I'm not going to give you this answer, even though he doesn't know the answer. Like he's found another workaround, and he'd rather win on his own terms than give yeah, someone I else. Yeah, I think
0: you're a million percent right.
2: Uh, look, it can be both. It can be beautiful and sad. Ah, ah. For back, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but I think that. I don't think he ever says, I did it for you. I think that Clara interprets it as, he did it for me. I feel like he
0: he leads her on to think that. He manufactures that interpretation.
2: He likes attention, doesn't he? He's like, yeah, of course. Like, Rory waited however many thousand years. I waited four billion.
0: I I wrote that down as well. Four and a half billion years. Rory's small fries now. That is nothing (laughs) in your face, Rory. (laughs) What was that? What was that? A thousand years? Is that what you did, Rory? Was that a thousand years? That's fucking peanuts. (laughs) Yeah, try that times
1: a million times four and a half.
2: (laughs) I do, in all seriousness, I adore the scene with Clara when she's trying to work out how long he was there and she eventually turns to the, uh, who is it? So the guy, Khan no. and the regenerated general regenerative general and 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 she finally gets the answer of four and a half billion years. And you can just see like to a human, that number has absolutely no meaning. Like it's incomprehensible. And yeah, the just sheer weight of that on her is just phenomenal. I think that's a really fantastic scene.
0: Yeah, but I mean he could just have said, Don't worry about it, Clara. It was actually just like a groundhog week. <laughs> I only experienced a week at a time and... <laughs> dude,
1: dude, leave this bullshit idea behind. I will call back to everything from last week. Clara can tell by looking in the Doctor's eyes, my goodness, you've aged considerably. She's not so sensitive to his changes that she would be able to say, Doctor, have you been gone a whole four days? Wow, well, I, I mean, you not like a completely different person.
0: No, I remember you saying the last time, a couple of weeks ago, that he actually ends up having all of those memories, but It still does not make sense to me because he would just have an endless repeat of the same memories, and it like it might drive him crazy. But that still wouldn't feel like four and a half million years or billion years. He would just go like, "I remember the last fortnight really well." Like (laughs) that would be his memory of it. You know, crystal clarity. (laughs) I'm just a little (laughs) iffy on how thick the wall was. That's the only thing I don't really remember.
1: Yeah, yeah. The physics of a triangle I've got memorised.
2: But the memory he has is the memory of lockdown, where every week's the same and nothing changes, but it goes on forever. Nothing changes
1: except who, back when, punches its way through the Asbantium (laughs) history of Doctor Who. One tiny crack more (laughs) with your earballs, podcast land. (laughs) I, mean, I wouldn't call us heroes exactly,
0: but. yeah, but, like. uh, yeah I, Exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Making that meme. It'll be a screenshot of Capaldi punching the wall with an arrow at the wall that says season nine and an arrow at Capaldi that says who back when. <laughs>
1: Can I say another thing that I really like about this episode? Oh, yes, please. Clara is in the extraction chamber and the general is saying, we've got to tell them, doctor. We always tell them. And Clara's like, I've got funny, funny lack in my ears. Something's missing. And the doctor starts to explain. And when his explanation starts, there's a sound you've been living with every day of your life, but you've learned not to hear. I thought we were going to get some piece of new made-up wackadoo moffat BS like it's the Silence or it's the Vasta Narada and they're in every shadow but humans have evolved not to notice them and it'll be picked up make no sense and instantly be forgotten but then it turns out to be her heartbeat missing is so good
0: yeah it's pretty fantastic I love it I don't know if I buy it but I love it <laughs>
2: Uh, I buy it, and I think yeah, I think it's brilliant. And I think the yeah, the build up to that and the sound just does get more and more intense as she's kind of coming to terms with it, and and the the frantic way that she keeps checking her pulse and there's this back and forwards of like let me do it now I'm, I know how to check my own pulse and like oh, I think that's a
0: brilliant scene as well. No more heartbeat, no more metabolism. Imagine being time locked and you haven't literally just gone to the bathroom like for <laughs> like <laughs> just <What's wrong>? now. <laughs> Like you try
1: going, and it and it comes out, but your bladder automatically refills a few seconds later. <laughs> uh, it, it'd be like a Herculean task that you could never complete.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm with you guys. I, I, I did really like that. Moffat is so good at that, by the way. He's mm. so good at finding these things that will haunt everyone in the audience because they're part of normality. How many kids must have checked their pulse? when that episode aired oh yeah
3: off. and
1: and certainly when i was a kid i was a clumsy mal-coordinated little runt and i i couldn't figure out where the vein was and the artery was and which was which and i yeah. was constantly thinking do i not have a heartbeat just because i could never find it i was like mom i don't have a heartbeat i don't know why i was <laughs> 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 <is on> <laughs> <laughs> Yeah am i real because i think Kid wonders am i a special one or am i you know am i in some way not real did you think I mean, you were I mean, the little just... wooden boy drew oh, maybe <laughs> I, mean, I keep reading stories about him are these just hints being dropped
0: casually <laughs> in my environment
2: <laughs> oh drew i feel like i know you a little bit better <laughs> <Aww>.
0: <laughs> got another question for you let's hear it so where does rassilon go
2: That is an excellent question.
0: (laughs) And apparently the High Council of Gallifrey on the very next shuttle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is is there... Did he, does he go to Khan? Because another question I have is, how did the sisterhood of Khan get there? Like, how do they travel? They're just a bunch of little old ladies on a planet with, like, no technology. How do they travel to Gallifrey, which doesn't allow foreigners? And, like, is super duper secure and go into a freaking citadel that literally lives in a bubble. <laughs> <laughs>
2: The sisters of Khan are immortal.
0: Close to it.
1: I mean, they're very good at brewing up elixirs, apparently. So if anyone's going to figure out how to live forever.
2: Because that's what, cause the Doctor is surprised to see them. And the, the leader one, she says, uh, at the end of time, you must expect the presence of immortals. So I took that to be that at the point he arrives on Gallifrey, time is already, like the universe is already collapsing and is very small. And maybe Gallifrey is the last planet to survive and that's why everybody's ended up there
0: yeah because me says that she's been looking at the stars collapsing so very possibly the star next to khan you know went yeah. went out and took khan with it yeah. so even and all they... the quote other immortals have disappeared eh, still yeah Well, yeah. that was a yeah. nice line anyway yeah I, yeah I agree
1: but you're right two more loose ends in an episode that's absolutely full of them all right let's let's hear
0: another one come on
1: okay give me a minute <laughs> <laughs> Right. I'm going to take issue with the sliders, the cloister wraiths. Yep. Okay. Because <laughs> this is the most dangerous place on Gallifrey. And for some reason, the general and the major sister of Khan don't walk the 10 feet across the set to where Clara and Capaldi are on top of that manhole that he presses in a particular configuration. A uh, manhole. Um, but they are completely useless and no
0: threat whatsoever at any point. Yeah. There, there was one that constantly seemed like it was approaching from behind Clara, and I kept waiting for it to arrive, and she would like step aside and it would go for the the general. But no, they're just <laughs>
1: Look, like a you wanna make them, You want to make them really threatening? Allow them to go right up to the lift shaft rather than <laughs> put a three-foot border around it. Yeah. But also, like, what are they? They're a mishmash. They're a, they're a cobbled-together series of bits, and they don't work for me at all.
0: I looked them up on Todd's Wikia and it just said that they had the appearance of Time Lords that had been uploaded to the Matrix before. So presumably at some point, like, effectively every Time Lord will appear in the Matrix. Yeah,
1: it's possible that that is a classic Time Lord's face that we see in that one shot that lingers on their face. I would be surprised if that wasn't a previous actor's look of surprise that they had uh,
0: (laughs) foisted on there. Maybe. It, It looked just like someone screaming in agony. I mean, The Matrix isn't meant to be hell. It's not a punishment for Time Lords. It was like a repository of knowledge. So when, when you died, your knowledge got uploaded into the into the Matrix, and then the Time Lords could consult the Matrix whenever they wanted to. But now, all of a sudden, it's hell for them, and those Cloister Wraiths, they seem like they are being tortured there forever.
1: Yeah. Do you want me to ruin this in a new way? Yes, please. Oh. <laughs> At the beginning of the series, Skaro, an iconic planet of classic Who, was reintroduced into New-, New Who. In that double parter, we saw one or two rooms or chambers in the HQ, plus a crypt-like subterranean netherworld described oh. as the hell of the Daleks.
0: Yes, you're right.
1: And that's it.
3: Yeah.
1: And you get a couple of big CGI shots as well in the exact same way. So I was really underwhelmed that they did the exact same treatment, bookending the series.
2: Yeah, And that's all we got. I forgot about I that. Say, you haven't ruined it because that's exactly what it made me think of as well. <laughs>
0: oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: if they wait around
0: it. the corner, they'll be like up to their ankles in liquefied diarrhea time lords.
2: But that's the thing, it worked <laughs> so better in the Daleks because it was so visceral with the like the oozing, creepy Daleks. Yeah. Yeah. You prodded a bit of jizz dripping down the wall it
3: ah! <laughs> exactly
1: that is but the yeah, sound
0: no. that jizz makes <laughs> <laughs> <an eight>.
2: <laughs>
1: etc.
2: Uh, yeah other than, other than the like angels coming at clara no, nothing really seemed that threatening and even then like you say because she didn't respond to it in the way that we've expected like if the person on screen isn't scared, then are you like really scared for them? I don't
1: know. Yeah. And also you've just reminded me how the Cyberman grabbing the arm of the companion, like it does, was a another callback to the Pandora where it grabs Amy. Oh yeah, true. Oh, nice. So when when the callbacks become a flat out retread, there's a threshold, there's a tipping point, and we're getting there. <laughs>
0: I, I think this episode walks that line.
1: It retreads the line, it really does. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I have a positive, surely. Oh, let's hear it. Mr. Peter Capaldi, everybody!
0: My Woo-hoo! goodness, what a
2: chap. Okay, so I have a question. In the first scene in the cafe with Clara, who did you think like, had had their memory wiped? Could like, Did you remember, or what was your first oh, impression? I
1: remember that watching this first time around... Yes. I thought that it was Clara who'd been wiped and Capaldi was just putting on a show. Yeah, me too. I was very clearly thinking that. But obviously, so I suppose actually watching this again, I saw it completely the other way around and didn't even realise because
2: it must work yeah. to, until very far through the episode, both ways just as well. Absolutely. I think I absolutely had the same impact. The first time I remember thinking, he must have found Clara. He spent this so long searching for her and he's finally come across this cafe that she happens to be working in and he's telling her this story to jog her memory and then yeah when you suddenly get the twist halfway through it's like oh no he was the one who had his memory wiped but everything works perfectly well in either direction i think it's really cleverly done
0: i agreed i also thought that it was the other way around i mean even last night i thought that it was the other way around (laughs) yeah i just completely (laughs) forgotten about it however Possibly because I was thinking that there was one element that I felt at the time maybe could have been done differently. And that was that the reveal of... Like, it is already from the get-go, from the first time that we see her. Like, not even from behind, just sort of diagonally from behind. It's so clearly Clara. There is no... There's no reveal. Oh, she's turning around and it's Clara. There's no reveal of or the name or there's there's no surprise there. We just open on Clara and it's... Yeah. Well, the surprise is that she's not dead at all,
2: right? That's yeah, the exactly. surprise. Yeah, it's not treated as a surprise. It's
0: just I, I don't know. It, it, I... It,
2: it, yeah, she's first of all she's not dead, and second of all she doesn't rem- Or we think that she doesn't remember him. Yeah. And then we work backwards and fill in the blanks to how we got there.
1: Yeah, you don't need to be told by clever camera work. Get ready for a surprise. It's just a surprise.
2: Yeah. Mm. And also, I think that um, you're so I'm so attuned to things looking like they're going to be something and they're not. So I think the first time I saw Clara from behind, yes, it absolutely looks like Clara, but I think I fully expected some random other woman to turn around and it not be Clara and to be disappointed. And so... When she does turn around and you do recognize her, it is a surprise because I thought they were tricking me, and then it turns out they weren 't tricking me i didn 't nah,
0: i didn 't need a, a a blatant reveal of oh look it 's Clara, but maybe just a little bit more build up of the diner itself, just something something about like a oh, th- I'm going in here with a purpose, I don't know why I'm going, we don't, as in I, the audience, we, the audience, don't yet know what that purpose is, we don't know what to find in there, boom. It's going to be something interesting, oh, it's Clara, and then we're led down one direction, and then, holy moly, actually, it's the other person who's forgotten everything. But
2: But the point is that he doesn't have a purpose, like, he's not there looking for her. He's just there. Maybe because it feels familiar. Maybe because like even though he doesn't remember her, because some dude <laughs> lent him his car, <laughs> <laughs> or
0: no, like, maybe didn't, maybe just gave him a lift. I'm not sure.
2: I feel like there must be some connect. Like he must have like to find her in some random cafe in the middle of nowhere in America. Like there must be some kind of connection force.
0: Can we try to figure out, can we try to piece together the steps that lead up to that dude? I can't remember his name. Um, Carl. He was never given once. Carl. No. no, All right. no well, let's go with Carl. I like it. Look, he, he looked, yeah, you're right. He looked exactly... <laughs> if he had said, my name is Carl, I would have gone like, yeah, yeah, that, that tracks. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> let's piece together the steps from Carl is given the mission to go and fetch some random dude in the desert. Not freak out when he doesn't remember anything or just has a guitar for no reason, not try to rob him, take him to a diner that normally isn't there, and then drive off, even though the guy clearly has no wheels. So, when was this mission given? How did he know where to go? Why didn't he just wake up outside the diner, or in the diner to begin with?
1: Explain the steps. Well, he's woozy. He's he's taking a long time to come around so he's on the floor of the tardis which can very quickly land in nevada assume the appearance of a diner i don't know clara's got maybe five minutes so maybe carl who by the way is just in the credits as man not even the man because that would be a compliment he's just called man oh man all right (laughs) oh man so yeah he's like whoa and and clara's like dad Uh, This is just an illusion, my friend I'm from England, as you see And nothing to do with space at all My friend is in trouble
0: Can you help me? Um, We need to lay his head on a rock That'll bring him round quicker than anything (laughs) <laughs> uh, we're about to dematerialise, and we will rematerialise elsewhere, looking like a diner. I need you to pick him up and go and take him to it, but I can't tell you where it's going to be, but go there. Yeah, he he don't look like he's in a good way, Miss Clara. Ah, oh, well, you see the boiling desert sun beating down on his head is... Okay, but then she's modelled the TARDIS after a diner that actually does exist on the other side of the hill. And so what are the odds that Carl doesn't take Duck to the real diner? And there's someone there's like, I'm not going to give you no lemonade in exchange for a fucking tune. Uh, I don't know where this person's from. Um, Well, she's from Nevada. I'm from Bratislava, but I did an Erasmus here in Australia. Uh, The... I'm sorry, this does not make sense to me because there will have been, there must have been a break in between the two, at which point she goes and recruits, or they go and recruit uh, Carl, and, you know, they they come up with this whole plan and they, everything, everything that we see, they make happen. But why? (laughs) And if they have a TARDIS and they can go literally anywhere, I get your point that they have like oh maybe fifteen seconds before he wakes up, but they are also in a time machine. They could just go to when he wakes up or just before and materialize in front of him as a diner. So when he wakes up, he's like, mm, don't remember where I am, but there's a diner here. I'll go in and ask for uh, to use the phone or something. Yeah, yeah, that
1: must be a good diner if I drank
0: what's in there and I can't remember the last two and a half years of my life. And so (laughs) does Carl just drive up to the diner, kick him out and go, I'm not going to take you any further. I'm not going to take you to civilization. I'm going to drive off. I'm fed up of hearing that
1: one same damn song, Doctor. Why don't you play a second one? I mean, please.
0: (laughs) I'm looking for my friend from Prada Slammer. So, (laughs) I mean, I like it. I like everything about it, but it makes no sense.
2: I think Doc just wakes up really thirsty and calls, like, "Hey, I know where you can get the best lemonade in town," and then and then it all flows from there. It's easy. Yeah, come
0: on, Leon. I, I think the word you're looking for is convenient, but... <laughs> <laughs> but fine. I mean, like I said, I liked it, so I'm I'm on board. Yeah. yeah. What, what are myths and iconography except extremely convenient?
2: <laughs> um, I have a question about what what the Doctor can remember from the last two and a half years, because he, kind of, he sort of goes, you can put together the, uh, the pieces of a person by the gap that they leave. So does yeah. that mean that he remembers all of his adventures but there's just a, like a shadow person that he doesn't know, like he knows she was called Clara but he doesn't know what she looks like or like if me had walked out of the toilet, would he have gone, oh fuck me I know you. Oh like, fuck me! <laughs> 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 I accidentally did the Woody Woodpecker laugh. Um, (laughs) um, But but yeah, like, are all his other memories intact? Because he does feel really woozy and a bit out of it, and like he doesn't know what's going on at all. He doesn't wake up thinking he's turned back into Matt Smith. No, true. Well, I don't know. We haven't yeah. seen him of him. So, <laughs> so, <him.
0: laughs> so he'll... You're right. He will remember everything. Like, he'll remember that he used to have a companion who worked in a school. He can't remember her name, but he can remember that her name was not anything but Clara. He'll he remember go- Mr. Pink. He'll remember all the adventures, but he won't remember her. So will he remember yeah. when someone else referred to her? Will he remember when Missy says, oh, I, I know about Clara... But his memory will be like I know about nebulous vacuum. Yeah, I know about not not Clara, but not Clara. Exactly. <laughs> so I love the idea. <laughs> I'm not sure it holds
2: up to logic. It just yeah. like, when when they did do the mind wipe on Donna, because they like they refer back to that definitely in this episode, and it's like the same is going to happen to him, but through a different means. But what does she? It's not just that she forgets him as a person. She forgets everything. Like, it is a mind wipe from the last Yeah, year but it's also top.
0: like, if she ever sees him, then she will yeah. remember him, and her head will explode and take the universe with it.
2: Oh, yeah. Which, by he the way, right someone
0: please kill Donna, because she is a massive liability.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But no, that was going to be my question. So, when the... Dinah Tardis like disappears around him, and he's left in front of his Tardis with the painting of Clara. He then must put together. Oh, the woman I just spoke to is Clara. Do his memories then come flooding back? Oh, or what, good like, question. I don't know. Is it? Is it anything I don't like that? They do. I don't think that
1: is what happens because when Clara comes back again for the absolutely final time, they make a play of. Oh, now I remember you. Oh, yeah, I believe so.
2: Mm. I
3: don't but remember so coming
1: back.
2: So, when, so mem- he must get his memories back at some point. Then when?
1: Yeah, yeah. When that? Well, do you want me to spoil it? You have one. No.
0: Mm, no, 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 don't, don't, don't.
2: Okay, we'll get
1: to that, and I'm not going to tell you when. But we will get to it. It's another thing that Moffat should have left well alone, basically, because I, I wrote down word for word what Capaldi says when I knew that it was going to trip up the logic of the episode later. When something oh. goes missing, you can always recreate it by the hole it left.
3: Yeah. yeah.
1: And he gets all the clues necessary, which apparently he doesn't even need. And still, he doesn't manage to. It's so self-contradictory. Within the space of mere minutes.
0: 100% true. I still, however, do not understand why he couldn't just travel around with her in the first place.
2: Because they're bad for each other. So they, okay, so this they're bad for each other. She's bad for the universe. That's this. This is my, I think, biggest issue with this episode. So let's talk about this now. Um, so <laughs> the, the idea is that they are bad for each other they work each other up they push each other to lengths that they would never have gone to before he's like we've had the example with rose when you know she saved someone from dying that should have been dead and the disaster that 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 occurred afterwards and the doctor was so strict and be like no you can't do this you have to write everything, and but for Clara, he will go. He went to hell to try and find Danny Pink to rescue for her. He's now like saved her yes. from the, like the clutches of death at the expense of the universe. Like he shot a Time Lord, and uh, like I know he knew that the Time Lord was going to come back, but he, you know he wasted a life of someone. Like he's been pushed to further and further lengths every time. Yeah, can we put a pin on um, that, by the way? Okay, mm. let's come back to that. But yeah, and then when, so in the end, when the big reveal is maybe the hybrid isn't one being, maybe it is a Time Lord and a human, and it is the combination of you two that together you are so disastrous. I just feel like it fell a little flat because they were concentrating so much on the lengths that the doctor will go to to save Clara. And they never, ever, ever mentioned the fact that she had done the same for him. She jumped back into his timeline. She changed the course of history. You know, she's made so many changes throughout the entire span of his being to save him. And I just feel like if they could have just bigged that up as well, and then you would have had these two people that cared so much about each other that they would do these things for each other. And instead we had... Oh, poor little sweet humanoid Clara. Human Clara? I don't know where the oil came from. And the doctor doing everything he can to protect her and to look after her. And, and I will risk the universe for you. And it shouldn't be that. It should be the hybrid. Like, I know we've only just learned about the hybrid. But if you're going to, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're right. If you're going to
0: make a deal out of it, then make a deal out of it.
2: Exactly. Like, And they could have done that. With no other companion could they have done that. Clara is the one person that has that experience, and they could have drawn on that, and it could have been amazing. And it just felt a little flat, I think, for me.
0: Yeah, it's almost like the longer they spend... Because she jumped into his timeline, and she's seen his entire life, the longer they spend together, the more lives she would need to retroactively have gone back into, or something, like something to that effect. Like, basically... If they are physically together, then the universe is in danger, and therefore they have to be apart, because otherwise the the conceit is, even after five and a half billion years, or four and a half billion years, if that's the maximum limit, which, by the way, I don't think it is, but let's say four and a half billion years is the limit, then... The conceit is, well, even after 4.5 billion years, Capaldi wouldn't take her back to the trap street. But surely within 4.5 billion years she would go, "I am done, dude. Like just yeah. take me back, and then every everyone would be fine." So again, I don't feel like he needed to have his memory erased. I don't think any, either one of them needs to get amnesia, and I I feel like they could just have their spin-off
2: together instead. I mean a spin-off with the Doctor and Clara is is Doctor,
0: Doctor Who, Doctor yeah. Who. As in like she didn't need a spin-off with a character yeah. who was never fully developed. She can if they want to keep her around then keep her around. Otherwise just give her an exit.
1: Yeah. yeah. The the problem is that everything is built up to such a degree that you as Moffat has done before bump up against the actual televisual parameters of the show. Like Yeah. Jenna Coleman as an actress has to leave. That is actually what determines the nature of time and space in the Doctor Who universe at this point when you muck everything around to such a degree because nothing else makes as much sense as Jenna needed to go. Yeah.
2: But I feel like they could have they could have done this episode exactly as they did, but in the end, instead of going, I'm going to go off and have an adventure on my own, she does what is the very Clara thing to do, to say my life is not worth risking the universe for and therefore i will go and face my death with dignity and with bravery um, yeah, like and she I- just did and that exactly. we have never stopped seeing since exactly exactly so it just didn't fit with how they like they just wanted to not kill her off i think yeah it would have made
1: more if- sense if she'd turned to me and said how good are you at kissing after being alive for about 12 billion
3: years? <laughs> yeah. I wonder if
1: you're any better than Jane Austen. That's you the only motivation the- I can think
2: of. At <laughs> yeah. the most practice of anyone. <laughs>
0: You've read every manual on kissing ever written.
2: You forgot more about moly. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, she's had her 10,000 hours and then some. <laughs> she has taken yes. kissing to the next level. <laughs> <laughs> she is superb
1: at kissing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she kisses brilliantly (laughs) she's like kissing oh how quaint wait till you see the 11th finger i developed over the past two billion years (laughs) (laughs) you'll never guess where it comes out
2: (laughs) (laughs) i just want to quickly carry on with what we were talking about just a second ago before we went on about kissing oh yeah no like it being clara's choice basically to go back because I feel like a lot of interactions between the doc and Clara were about choice. Like him, he was saying to me, I'm going to go in and wipe her memory. And she doesn't have a choice in that. She doesn't have any agency. Like he's going to make the decision for her. And obviously she was watching. And so she turns around and goes, no, you do not get to choose for me. You do not get to rob me of my memories. I would rather go back there and die now than live a life like you like someone else yeah. the bet like not only the best years of my life with you but also pretty- well what i assumed at that point it would be like a donna scenario and it would just erase everything because how do you explain those experiences without the doctor therefore yeah. you were raised Danny pink as well and you were raised like yeah. love of her life as well and so When she comes to press the button and they decide together that one of us will have our memory wiped and we don't know who, that is her choice and she willingly goes into it. And so, wait, I know I've forgotten what my point was.
0: It really parallels the Donna situation very well.
2: Yeah, exactly. It and almost I just writes feel like,
0: the wrong of the Donna situation. Oh, I'm sorry, I just talked over you, sorry.
2: But If they would have allowed her to continue that through and to say, like, this is my, like, I choose to die in this street where I'm, like, supposed to die, the universe has told me I need to die and it is my choice. Yeah, instead of, like, Russian rouletting is. Exactly. Like, he's saved you, and that's it. Now you have this whole adventure, and she's not facing up to her responsibilities, almost. Like, it's, yeah.
0: When the doctor goes, yeah, all
2: right, fine, we'll both
0: press this button, and we don't know which one of us is going to be affected, why doesn't she go, no, I don't want either of us? affected i've got a much more morally sound alternative that i have already
2: iterated <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she's already made that choice once yeah i think that's i think that's almost the thing like she should have just made it again and said like i know it's hard for you but i would like and similarly if she's gonna if i was gonna be wiped from like if she's gonna be wiped from the doctor's mind then she's basically erased like this line about memories become stories like there will be no stories of her. All these wonderful things that she's done, this life that she's experienced, that is so unique and so powerful, and nobody else will get to live. Oh wow! Yeah, it's the only person who knows it. And so if he doesn't remember her, then
0: that is incredible. Because I have made, I made a note of that line because I thought it was a beautiful line, and now it turn, it turns out actually it is the- morally repugnant. It is the ugliest line. <laughs> Every story ever told really happened. Yeah, well, this story never was never told. Like, every story, it's not actually every story ever told really happened. It's every story ever remembered or ever heard really happened. And if he has no idea that it was ever a story, he'll never know about her. Yeah. Oof maloof. Oof. I put a pin in Doc Shorter, dude. Before. Oh yeah, yeah, he did. Are we okay with that? He didn't need to kill someone. He didn't need to take an entire life away from someone, or regeneration away from someone. He could have just, if he wanted to shoot someone, shoot him in the knee. Or Mm. like, yeah, we get it. It has no stun setting, but like, well, I don't know. Do something non-violent. Don't kill a dude. How do you kill it? You can't kill a knee.
1: I mean, you're just going to shoot the bottom of his leg off at worst.
0: Yeah, and then right? they're Gallifreyans, and they could just like f- fix him up with a new knee like that. That's not a problem. Surely they have a button. They press a button, and they just like grow a new knee. Take yeah, a just pill, you'll grow knee a new off that leg. Cyberman down in the Matrix, and you can have a cyber leg. Yeah, like, I mean, surely have you seen how fast those things can run. <laughs> surely <laughs> at this point, it's just like, hey, take this pill, grow a new leg. Like, the, the, I'm sure that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Or almost anything else. Use the gun, fire it at the lights or at a machine or something. It causes sparks and a distraction. You can run out of there. Don't murder someone. So a mm-hmm. life, of, the life of a Time Lord, sorry, one life of a Time Lord can be thousands of years, right? So
2: And it's like how we've seen the Doctor's deaths and regenerations, like it is always a massively emotional, powerful, like this version of me is dying and a new version with a new... I don't want to go. Exactly. That's what we've had every time. It's not just a... Oh, you've got one, another extra life! Boom! I'll shoot you just to get you out of the way. Yeah. Um. And it, also, when she, he regenerates into then the woman, the reaction is just like, "Oh, back to normal, am I?" And like, not like, not a care in the world. It, 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 it's not even that. It's not Thank like, goodness I'm not a man anymore. There was no room <laughs> for me
0: in that head with all the ego taking up the space. <laughs> yeah, which
2: also really, really bugged me.
0: He slash she. What has no sense of self. Isn't yeah. going to go, well, I still have like a, a minimum of 800 years as this person. Don't take that away from me. Now, I have a family. I have children. I have friends. I have hobbies and interests. All those things are going to change. I have dress sense when I'm not in this uniform. Now I'm going to have to go and find, like, I'm going to have to retire my scarf and find a bow tie or something. Like, that's rid- yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, I'm going to have to learn how to masturbate all over again. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Now, at this point, Moffat wants me to chip in and say, "Oh, but because of this other line, it's no worse than time Lord Man flu, which again, sexist term. Um, <laughs> uh, no i'm 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 not going to provide that argument, Moffat, because I'm not convinced by it."
2: I was, yeah, I think that's a super weak line. Like, it just doesn't reflect what we've seen on every, or, every other Doctor Who regeneration.
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh, you're not on board with that. Not on board with the Doctor taking a life. No, period. absolutely not. Uh, yeah. By the way, High Priestess, her name is Ohila. Oh, okay. Looked that up on whobackman.com. Yeah, no big deal. Brag. <laughs> <laughs> One thing
1: I just wanted to say was that I really liked the RGB phasing effect when Clara is extracted from the trap seat street, and yeah. it's all blurry, but not, and the time itself is blurring. What did you think, Leon? You like effects?
0: I do like effects. I thought that was a it was it was nicely done. I like anything that plays cool. with time in the effect, as in in the scene and in in that composition. You had Capaldi from the trap streets episode. Can't remember. What, oh, face the Raven as a still frame in the background, or possibly moving incredibly slowly, but uh, I don't know. Probably just a still frame. It was really nice.
1: Okay. And now I'd like to draw your attention to the hybrid prophecy. The creature of two warrior races that will one day stand in the ruins of Gallifrey. It will unravel the web of time, destroy a billion, billion hearts to heal its own. So, the Series 12 master?
0: Is the Series 12 monster a creature of two warrior races?
1: Yes, because the Doctor isn't Gallifrey, apparently. And so the master is created from this hybrid version of... I guess, the Shabogans and whoever the Doctor's race really is. And he utterly destroys the Citadel, which I think is the only time we've seen it in that state in Doctor Who. So yeah, true. at the moment, he's your candidate. Chibnall has fulfilled the prophecy.
0: Mm, yeah, although two points. One, I vote that we call them Sheboygans from now on. And- oh, what, like <laughs> Capaldi did. <laughs> oh, did he? <laughs> He said some very strange (laughs) concatenation of vowels. Oh, I see. Okay. (laughs) And two, the doctor is 100 million percent from Gallifrey. I don't buy that. Like, I I don't. That didn't happen year of the gas leak.
1: I think you're going to have to uh, extend this gas leak further and further, but.
0: The hopefully. next showrunner is going to fix it. The next showrunner is going to build in, hopefully. Listen closely, next showrunner, whoever you are. Please build in a season cliffhanger, that or a season reveal that ends with the Doctor going, but I'm actually the Timeless Child. What? That was all manipulation by the Master from the get-go? I'm actually just a regular Time Lord? <laughs> Thought of in 1963? Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: Right. Okay. And my last point is trivia about Donald Sumter, who played Rassilon. Because he's been all over the Doctor Who universe. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was in two episodes of the Sarah Jane Adventures.
0: Okay. The
1: the Eternity Trap, parts one and two, playing Erasmus Darkening. Oh, badass name for that dude. Yes. I'm guessing he wasn't altogether um, a stand-up chap there. (laughs) Um, And he's also been in two classic serials. (gasps) Which ones? He was in six episodes, all six episodes, of The Wheel in Space as Enrico Casali. What?
0: Holy moly.
1: What? Yeah. And he was in three episodes in a Pertwee serial, The Sea Devils, playing Uh, Commander
0: Ridgeway! Ridgeway. Ridgeway. <laughs> oh. be- Holy moly! That, that's that's crazy, bananas. That's a Trouton cereal, mm. and he is a young man in oh, a Trouton cereal. This is—I mean, sorry, Donald Sumter, I'm not trying to age shame you in any way. This is amazing. I never would have made the connection. this is this is so cool to have spanned so many doctors.
1: Yeah, 47 years of who? Wow. I mean, who can top? Talk-
0: Absolutely maybe, amazing. Uh, maybe um Caroline Ford alone. I I just realized I just saw him uh maybe two weeks ago in an episode of Poirot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow Oh Yeah, he's in the uh ABC murders. Where you've also seen Peter capaldi and Paul
2: McGann, I believe.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah, Podcast Land, whenever this happens, I'd take a screenshot and just send it to everyone. Nice. That's a mic drop moment if there ever there was one.
2: I have a question for Drew oh hello that's me that is you i wasn't on the episode where you discussed uh was it was it even face the raven apparently there's a scene where doc and clara are about to reveal something really deep and important and clara goes don't never you mind we don't need to say it now let's just move on and um i got told that you had strong opinions about this drew yes um i think very happens in this episode. So it's after the big reveal of you've waited four and a half billion years for me. And then Clara says something like, you know, well, we should say, what we need to say, the important things we should say to each other now. And then the camera just pans up and then we get a mm-hmm. lovely little shot of, I don't know, the Citadel or something. Um, yeah. While well, the music trills. Exactly. Yeah. What do you, how do you have equally strong opinions about that scene? Or Well, my contention and I
1: agree with how the discussion ended in that previous episode was a little misplaced and that i was like oh she must have said that she loves him or, or that must have been what they were about to say and jim and Liam were like no absolutely not it could be any number of things and, and northerners don't say that to anyone anyway <laughs> and,
0: i think jim said something um, like maybe just said like you're a mate <laughs> or <laughs> some, something like that it's like yeah, or, yeah or right spot on that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but didn't even didn't even say what would they would have been going to say. But here she leads up to it again, and we get this music, and it's very suggestive, is it not? Of what I was arguing back then. I mean, when they yeah. cut back to her, and she says to the uh, the people, she's acting as a diversion. So yeah. one of the things she says is, "Don't worry, doctor. Um, they won't notice that you're sneaking off while I'm gabbling away some nonsense." So that is one of the things. But that's only one of the things. There were other things, potentially
2: more flowery things. Well, another Mm. one of the things was about, this is what she references in the cafe, that, that this little conversation was about memories becoming stories and also they might become songs. I feel like they talked about a lot in a very small amount of time. Yeah. What do you write songs about? Love songs? Friendship. I think that's a thing. Friendship,
0: traveling (laughs) through space and time. Um. (laughs)
1: Adventures. Yeah, yeah. You're My Mate by Right Said Fred is definitely the song everyone remembers, of (laughs) course. No,
2: I I like their relationship because i think they've shown how deep a connection you can have and i think that the clara and the doctor have a deeper relationship than any other companion before or since i don't think you can ever match that again because because of the whole i've gone through your timeline and i've seen every version of you and they've never made it romantic like they've managed to always keep it it's a love like they do absolutely do love each other and it's platonic though and strong and yeah just in it not at all in a romantic or sexual way i I think the production team was like
0: toying with the idea realize this is not getting the response we were aiming for and then they still stayed well clear of it which was the right decision they
1: didn't stay stay well clear of it though they didn't and that's why i was a, a i think that's why i was annoyed back then because i was like Either stay well clear of it and don't even suggest it or make clear that there is a platonic way of saying I love you without doing the whole romance thing. Mm. And they they didn't do either. They fudged it. And I feel like actually this episode repeats that same thing because they do cut away and then they get all flowery when they could have a nice grown up tête-à-tête and sharing of hearts and experiences and, and they don't.
0: I don't want to take anything away from that argument, but I I think Annoyed Back Then would be a great alternative name for this podcast.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's the subtitle.
0: Who back when? (laughs) Annoyed Back Then.
1: (laughs) Yeah, actually, you should listen to that. That that was a good discussion. Don't rely on Jim's secondhand reportage.
2: I will. I will tomorrow
0: (laughs) i'm picking up what you're putting down drew i think the music and that zoom out through the like culvert or whatever it is it it is quite suggestive but i think it's deliberately left open because part of the audience really wants them to be in love and the other part of the audience just doesn't want to be told that or doesn't believe that it's so it's nicely done it's nicely handled by rachel tanale and possibly even in the script I have two more things on my list. I don't think that- it's us. Okay, number one. We get to see an old-school classic TARDIS. TARDIS interior, I should say.
2: Uh, I knew you'd like that. Oh,
0: we Is that beautiful or what? Absolutely stunning. Mm, genius. Yeah. maybe Maybe not as nice as Capaldi's, frankly. Like, Capaldi's current one in the show yeah. right now. As in, where we are. But oh wow, it's just it's like it's the TARDIS console room designed by the people behind Helvetica. Oh, yes, it is.
3: <laughs> and,
0: and then you That's look at so yeah, and then you look at the Thirteenth Doctor's TARDIS, and you're like, oh, Comic Sans and Bragadachio <laughs> all in one. <laughs> Could do um, without it on yellow paper. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I do enjoy Clara's response to it though. She's like, it's all it's all white, it's so boring. <laughs> like she is not impressed at all.
0: I agree. I I don't mind a bit of colour. And I really I like all the the design elements of Capaldi's TARDIS. But it's it's such a classic <laughs> elegance. Uh, it's very,
2: very sci fi.
0: It really is. It's yeah. it's very sixties sci fi. Yeah. Oh yeah,
2: absolutely. It's, yeah,
0: yeah. I, it's beautiful. Absolutely stunning. Yeah. So I, I I like that we got that. Yeah. Speaking of TARDIS design... Oh, sorry, go for did it. Did you
2: like the uh, reference to when uh, Clara and me run off and she's like, oh, I just can't get that damn chameleon circuit uh, <laughs> working. So yeah, look like a, we're gonna look
0: like a Nevada <laughs> diner. Yeah, good luck when you go to ancient Egypt.
2: <laughs> I mean, the telephone box fits in very well, so, you know. <laughs> Uh,
0: okay, that is true. Uh, actually, you know what? It's fine. We'll blend right in. We'll just change all the menus to hieroglyphs. And uh, <laughs> someone will come in here be like, could I have the uh, lemonade with the, I'm doing hieroglyph signs. Anyway, on the topic of yeah. tortoises though. Oh, yeah, oh sorry. <laughs> no, sorry. Go for it. Sorry. No, I was just going to say that they could, they couldn't
1: maybe have uh, gone back to ancient Egypt, but they could have taken the diner back to Pompeii because they just excavated an ancient fast food cafe. There. Yes, they did. It called
0: is. a thermopoleum, Yes, indeed. <laughs> so they'd be able to go off into a fair whack of earth. system. Yeah, and I believe that they also excavated an, an ancient jukebox and a, a, a mural <laughs> of Elvis Presley and yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: Oh, that's, that's just the Emperor.
0: <laughs> that's just
1: Nero. Nero was, you know, the, the coolest guy in the whole lot. Yeah, he was twisting
2: hey, whilst wrong. Rome
0: burnt. <laughs> Sorry, Marie.
2: You just paint a new crown on Elvis every time, making the <clears throat> king of wherever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. On the
0: topic of TARDISes. <laughs> yes. Third time's a charm. <laughs> we also get a new Sonic that now is based on oh! the design of the TARDIS.
1: I mean, I mean, lovely looking Sonic, but I did not need that slow motion vroom,
0: vroom, vroom, shot of it flying through the air. Back off. Yeah, that, that shot is incredibly naff. But also, really lovely looking Sonic. This is my least favourite Sonic across all. No, wait, I. It's joint last place with the Thirteenth Doctor's Sonic.
1: Are you going to say that it looks like one of those pens with the uh, the red, the green, the blue,
0: and the yes. black? Yes, a is it? Mill- I, I hadn't. I wasn't going to say that, but you are a. But you are four and a half billion percent right. (laughs) (laughs) It looks horrible. Absolutely horrible.
2: (laughs) They're not designed to look like the TARDIS, like the top of the TARDIS light.
0: I mean, it it, it looks like something went hideously wrong during materialization. I absolutely hate it. It looks super childish. I hate the blinking lights that go down. Ugh, blurg, vom. Horrible. You will not find that in Leon's front room. Nope.
2: <laughs> but surely it's an improvement on the screw on the um, sunglasses.
1: Oh, of course. That's what they're replacing.
0: Yeah, I think I prefer the sunglasses. <laughs> I prefer the old... Sonic, or the previous Sonics plural, but if I ha- if it's a choice between the sunglasses for like, let's say one more season while they rework the design of the next Sonic, and this Sonic then yeah, Ray-Ban me please because, holy moly this Sonic can suck a fat one, it is horrible that's not a bad thing necessarily, sucking fat ones is great but <laughs> 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 you know what I'm trying to say <laughs> well, shall we rate this then? Let's And now it is time to rate this. Did
1: we
2: laugh or hate this? Bing Hey la, la 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 ratings. So I came into this really actually feeling really positive. I think I super, super enjoyed this episode. I wanted to give it a high rating. We I discussed with Jim beforehand and he was like it's you know, minimum like four and above because it's so good and it's so like I love all the Doctor Clara stuff. I was just super thrilled to see her again because, you know, we thought we'd had an ending. We thought that Clara was dead and gone. And the idea that you get this extra little bonus time was super interesting. And some very, very (laughs) just lovely, lovely moments between Clara and the Doctor about this sort of extra time and how we are remembered and how memories become stories. And it's all wonderful. And their little interplays... I wrote down how Clara describes this idea of stories into memory. She says, not tomorrow is promised to no one, but I insist upon my past. It is mine. And it's beautiful. And there are so many beautiful lines and it's emotional, but it's also really joyful. There's a moment where the doctor is, you know, they've saved the day they've escaped Gallifrey, they've killed the bad guy, they're on their way, she's about to get her heartbeat back any minute now and he comes out with a sign he says, we'll have lunch followed by breakfast because we're time travellers and that's how we roll and it's just so joyful and beautiful and that's how time travelers should be and it just paints this gorgeous picture of how their life together will be from now on and then it's devastating when that can't happen and so it just it does take you on this roller coaster of emotions but then we you know there are also problems with it (laughs) which we've talked about oh the Uh, look on
0: your face it's so good
2: I don't want there to be problems i want to just love it and just think it's a wonderful episode but we've you know we've we've gone through all the things that we didn't like about it and and i think that i think the biggest thing for me still is that it is not true to clara if this is an episode where we finally get to say goodbye to clara she had her moment to to choose to be brave and to face death with dignity and she's been robbed of that moment in episode she's you know screw the universe it doesn't i don't care if the universe is dying i'm gonna have a, one last adventure and it's not the clara that we know and that we've like why have gone prone to, to love so i think it does do her a disservice in the end which i don't know if i can forgive it for there's so much going on it's a beautiful episode it's just, like we said the the director whose name i've forgotten but you know she's done the last few and she's Phenomenal, and I and if I ever make a film, I want her to direct it because I think <laughs> Rachel be- beautiful job again. Well done, Rachel. Um, and <laughs> the music again, I particularly noted in this episode was gorgeous. I don't know if it's the same yes. music director as last time, but yeah, they did a really brilliant, brilliant job of sort of building up tension when it was needed and being really joyful when it was needed, and the running through of. Clara's theme was really sweet you know bittersweet sad gorgeous just yeah uh, it was it's just a very very nice episode with lots of problems so I'm really super torn but I just I'm gonna err on the more positive side I think and I'm gonna give it uh a a 3.7 I think
3: 3.7
2: that that is erring very much on the positive side yes I think because (laughs) I just I think it's enjoyable and I love it and I don't, want, I don't want to rate it badly, but I know you're going to, Sam.
1: <laughs> you don't know anything of the sorts. Okay. <laughs> I, will, I will wait and see. <laughs> Not going to give it a 3.7, though. <laughs> okay, so it doesn't start off well. My rating, I mean. Okay. I'm, a fr- I'm afraid that the cold open, inexplicable as we've revealed it's set up to be, it's the highlight of this episode for me. The Doctor has been traveling from time to time. Nothing sad until it's over, then everything is. This ele- elegiac and sentimental theme, which is a real weakness of mine. But the ensuing sequence in The Dry Lands, while a capable spaghetti western imitation, is indulgent to the point of bloat. And that is what ultimately sets the tone. I started to find bits of this mildly insufferable. It has elements of being an overblown mess, but the quality overall, nevertheless, is too high to give it a negative rating. Underwhelming in places, maybe. Confused and self-contradictory, definitely. My question is, would Moffat have accepted these inconsistencies and dead ends and loose ends in the drafts of one of his team of writers? Or would he have demanded that they be rectified before they reach the screen? Would he have allowed the theme in this episode, the running gag, that an adjective or an adverb like brilliantly can stand in for a proper explanation of how me is in a reality bubble at the end of the universe? And I wanted more of Gallifrey. We have a CGI shot that whizzes us through the city. Impressive, yes. But every building is exactly the same sort of bronze phallus in a different size or configuration. (laughs) Could we not have a little more variety? Do we ever get to walk around that city in Classic Who, for example? I want some mega city fun, but it's always the same three settings and never actually the, the nuts and bolts down on the streets with the Time Lords. I'd love to see that. However, big plus point, Jenna Coleman and Peter Capaldi leave no stone unturned slash slept on in yet another acting masterclass. They do, as Marie said, have wonderful touching moments that really convey the beauty and fragility of the human condition and its fleeting mortal span and how one is at the heart of the other. But then Clara gets to go off with an immortal and live forever, question mark? (sighs) <sighs> the doctor's speech about inventing a flying submarine, because no one ever has as it's annoying. Loved it. Everywhere I turn, there's a positive and then there's a negative. Apart from Maisie Williams, she just does okay. I think the fact we glossed over her entirely proves she is not exceptional in either direction here. <laughs> yep. So all in all, I'm going somewhere around the vicinity of a kind of 3.1.
2: That is a super good point about Maisie Williams. I totally, I totally haven't mentioned her once. Right.
0: Uh, okay. I'm just going to meander through this, but I, I do have to start with, with Capaldi because, wowee, Capaldi partly brings a tour de force, and partly an incredibly tasteful lack of acting to this episode. I love his non-acting in the beginning, (laughs) where he does absolutely nothing, and just the fact that we have branded the first 20 minutes of this episode Capaldi, nonchalant does it for me. Um, (laughs) I love the lore. I love the callbacks. I love the new TARDIS, the old TARDIS, the marvellously doctory lines. Uh, Time Lords have got a big computer made of ghosts in a crypt guarded by more ghosts. Uh, Cocktails with Moses. On pain of death, no one take a selfie. Love it. You mentioned the music as well, Marie. Music played... A huge part in this for me that we have the obvious Clara, as in Capaldi, playing the Clara theme on his guitar, which is a first and incredibly effective. But on top of that, there were lots of other, I, I think this is correct, like almost covers of old themes that, that really hit me. I, I, the, the one that springs to mind is there's a whistle, a whistle version of the Capaldi theme, or as in of the 12th Doctor theme, which, wow, when that happened, goosebumps. Clara was also really quite remarkable in this one, and perhaps this is a good segue into me saying that even though I think the diner pre- and post-amble is utter bollocks, and let mm-hmm. me clarify this, underlined, italicized, bald, utter bollocks, I found the intro really quite heartfelt. That's one of my first lines, is heartfelt intro, and their rapport surprisingly reaches yet another peak with this episode that hitherto I had suspected but not noticed due to highly evasive skills. But we didn't need it. And so I'm going to have to shit on this a little as well.
3: Oh.
0: I don't buy the amnesia. I don't think that whole plot point was necessary. Or that subplot. I didn't buy the yin-yang thing with me. In fact, me was wasted. Not just in this episode, but this entire season. Why bring her up as the one thing that this is all leading up to in the last episode and then not make a big deal out of it in this one? It it means nothing to me. The Wraiths mean nothing to me. (laughs) It means nothing to me. That's great, dude. Well done. (laughs) Did you even realise you did that? I did not, but I'll take credit anyway. Also, the Doc, I'm sorry, he doesn't kill people like this. I thought that was a horribly undoctory moment. Even though I, I enjoyed the, the general's nonchalance in the scene, as though he's only doing his duty and sort of sacrificing himself for the, I guess, for the president, he's taking a bullet. For, he's Clint Eastwooding in In the Line of Fire for the Doctor. But spoilers for In the Line of Fire, if you you've had like twenty-seven years to watch it, uh, so <laughs> good film. But still, Doc wouldn't do that. Uh, the diner it can suck a fat one for good and for bad. So I look forward to your letters. <laughs> And okay, uh, running this off, uh, I was probably I was probably pretty close to your rating, Marie, before we pressed record. <laughs> but we have talked me down a little bit, and the rating that I have written down is three point one.
3: Is
1: it? Um, well, no, actually, oh, <laughs> I've written
0: a three comma one in my notes for no reason whatsoever. Uh, how European? Yeah, no, German.
2: See, I knew, I knew I would need that seven. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, so negative.
3: <laughs> I was going to
1: give this a 3.5, but no, I, I think that we enhanced our critique together. That's what yeah. this is for, right? Absolutely. Should we see what
2: Podcastland
1: think?
0: Let's. now let's hear from
1: Podcastland. Max 250, or it would get out of hand.
2: First up, we have Awesome Alfie. Hi, Awesome Alfie.
0: Hello, Alfie. What is awesome?
2: (laughs) And Alfie says, it was cool to see Rassilon. I'm not sure if I spelt that correctly, but he's from the end of time. I wonder if he regenerated or it's just older. This episode is also a bit boring. (laughs) And uh, Alfie concludes with, it has to be a three. It's direct, it's to the point, what's not to like? Exactly. Yeah. And a good rating. That's that's uh,
0: that's like 0.1 away from being perfect. <laughs> Thank you very much Alfie. Oh, thanks Alfie. We've got next. Why, it's Kieran Evans. What up, Kieran?
2: Hey, Kieran.
0: Kieran starts. Hi folks. So, ugh. <laughs> after last time's <laughs> crowning achievement, I just can't get behind this one. The main plot starts off decently enough with the doctor back on Gallifrey and him confronting the Time Lords. It's when he begins his plot to save Clara that I feel this one goes off the rails. He hasn't learned anything. He hasn't come to terms with her loss. He can't admit that he was wrong.
1: After a sigh, Kieran continues. And then we get me turning up and some ruminating on who slash what the hybrid is, which I just find a bit pointless and flat. After the mind wipe, which I'm not against, we get the explanation for the diner scenes. And me and Clara going off in an American diner in space. My issue with this all is, one, I never really got on with Clara. (laughs) (laughs) That'll do it. (laughs) And two, it cheapens death. True. Yeah, we can agree with that more wholeheartedly. Definitely, yeah. But Kieran has reasons. The former arises from how he feels that Clara was very inconsistently written over her time, which put me off her. And I have indeed said similar things in the past. So I agree with you, Kieran. The latter is just how the new series writers have shied away from the ultimate consequences of travelling with the Doctor. Only Danny has died, if you can count him as a companion, up to this point. Whereas Classic Who had won all three, if you count Katarina and Sarah Kingdom.
2: Things seem not to have grown up, which feels odd. And finally, the ending is just a little too silly for Kieran. And it betrays the greatness of the previous episode. So much wasted potential. And it gives this a 2.0 out of 5. Holy moly. That
0: is... (laughs) That's a solid mini. Yeah,
2: Yeah. no, it's a solid mini.
1: Yeah. Um, If (laughs) if we were recording this on a Monday instead of a Friday, I might have given it that score. (laughs) Did you watch this on a Monday, Kieran?
2: (laughs) Mondays will do that to (laughs) you. No, great mini. Thanks,
0: Kieran. Yeah, thanks okay. so Thank much. Thank you very much. People who are not Kieran are able to look up Kieran online and um, tell him what a magnificent mini this was.
2: How can they do that? I think they can look him up online,
0: can't they? <laughs> yeah, they
2: yeah, can. Just find Google on- Kieran what? Evans. <laughs> <laughs> you can find him at KJEvans2.
0: Evans, also
1: known as Evans, on Twitter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Kieran. <laughs> Kieran Evans, too.
1: Because <laughs> he has a fleet of electronic vans. That's his business. He thought, "Why was I going to do all over again?" <laughs> I don't know what an Evans is, but I can definitely get into E-vans.
0: Oh, man. I'm pretty sure literally all of this is staying in. <laughs> 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 right. <laughs> Who have got next? Why, it's Andy Parkinson.
1: What up, Andy? Hey, okay, Andy. Andy addresses us likewise. Hi, gang. He says he's popped over from his usual comfort zone of classic Who to chuck in his tuppence with a review of Hellbent.
0: Yes, lovely. Welcome to the dark side, Andy. Andy goes, disclaimer, my New Who experience is much more limited for although I watched all of the Eccleston era, I largely got bored of New Who sometime in the Tenant era and only dipped in from time to time. The Capaldi era is where I rediscovered New Who, so I apologise if I've missed anything glaringly obvious. Apology accepted.
2: And Andy continues, the acting in this is superb. Capaldi is on top form, playing the Doctor wracked with guilt over Clara's death and seething with vengeance for what (laughs) Rassilon and the Time Lords have done. He knocks it out of the park, combining the rage with some lovely funny lines. Jenna Coleman, too, is fabulous. And OMG, is she hot? Yes, she is. Sorry. No apology necessary. No apology (laughs) necessary. It's a fact of life. (laughs) She gives Clara loads of part, especially when she's telling everyone off of feeling sorry for her. But she also gives her the emotional side when she realises she's losing the Doc, or rather, he's forgetting her. The two actors riff off each other wonderfully. It's so sad to see her time with the Doctor coming to an end. Although I love that she's travelling with me and getting to see and do more adventuring.
1: Alright, and Andy moves on with some likes. OMG, it's a
0: classic TARDIS! Please, New Who, bring this interior back again. On pain of death, no one take a selfie. I didn't like that line. You mentioned that line as well, Leon. It's one of many
2: I wrote down. I Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> and the general general's regeneration, not only changing sex, but skin colour too. Yeah, we didn't talk about that. Very true. Yeah.
0: Andy then lists some... <laughs>
1: Okay, why did the Time Lords go to all that trouble of getting me to trap the Doctor, then put him in the confession dial? Why not summon him to Gallifrey and mind-meld his ass or something? (laughs) They've done it before in Classic Who. (laughs) Their method resulted in the death of Clara and a very pissed-off Doctor. Time
2: Lords are dicks. Aren't they just? (laughs) (laughs) Also, the Doctor is shooting guns now. Is this a common thing in New Who? I don't like it, even if the General was going to regenerate. Overall, 9. though,
0: it's a good episode with Capaldi and Coleman on great form and some great dialogue. Also, it certainly got very dusty in my living room when they said their goodbyes. It's <laughs> a good way of putting it. Yeah, nice. Yeah,
3: lovely.
1: Andy wards this 4.3 extraction chambers out of 5. Whoa. And remember, never eat pears. They're too squishy and they always make your chin wet. That one's quite important, right? Dan?
0: Another line I wrote down. <laughs> <laughs> you are so suggestible. <laughs> Fantastic, Andy. What a huge heart.
2: Great review, Andy. Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree with you. Yeah, super good yeah. stuff.
0: Stick around for Series
1: 10, Andy. I'm
0: his. Who are you? Who on earth are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to know who Andy is, what better way is there What to follow him on Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> you are a demigod of segways. <laughs> <laughs> Only Demi? Andy can be found at... Caffreys, 71. That's 71. Caffreys! (laughs) Isn't it? (laughs) What
2: else do you want me to say?
0: Let's go with it. (laughs) (laughs) Next up. (gasps) Why, it's Eddie. Rock! (laughs) Rock! Eddie starts, hey there, who back when, it's your second favorite rock here, after sedimentary, of course. <laughs> I thought you were going to mention the one Capaldi uses pillow. Uh-huh. Oh! <laughs> to sing the praises of this epic finale, the whole first half managed to convey the degree of how badass the Doctor is. He's so revered by pretty much the whole fracking planet that he gets the, <laughs> the president overthrown without saying a word. Where was he the last four
2: years here in the States? <laughs> <laughs> very good point Eddie. yeah super good point
0: point.
2: <laughs> and Eddie continues the second half was a lot more complicated to the point where huge portions didn't even make sense But it didn't matter to me because the emotional resonance was so genuine and came through in the performances of both Capaldi and Coleman. There's so much to enjoy about this episode, like the fun moments of the Angels cameo or their comedic escape from the cloisters that helped balance all the heaviness and tension.
1: Eddie continues, yes, the Dinotardus is pretty dumb and all the hybrid talk still comes off as forced and repetitive. Plus, as great as Donald Sumter is, I still would have preferred Rassilon to be again played by Timothy Dalton. But I still feel like this is a perfect example of what I want from Doctor Who. outrageous stories, top-notch acting, and a whole lot of fun. I
0: give this episode a rating of 4.5. Daleks desperately seeking death, says Eddie. With that, I've got to run. I'm dropping off a DVD of this episode at Chibnall's house. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully you'll all be thanking me after season 13. <laughs> Till then, <laughs> rock on.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: John, John Bishop can only be as good as, as Jenna Coleman. Ugh. <laughs>
2: Yeah, we might owe you one,
3: Eddie. <laughs> yeah, <I love> <laughs> genius.
2: No, you are absolutely damn right there. What else do you want in a Doctor Who episode?
1: Yeah. Where can we thank Eddie after season thirteen and congratulate him on
0: his even more huge heart? <laughs> Why on Twitter, of course. <laughs> How convenient. Eddie Rock can be found at the Eddie Rock. <laughs> 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 Thank you very much, Eddie. Ooh, who's this next up? <laughs> I know who it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: none other than... Michael... Ridgway! Ridgway. Love you, Michael! <laughs> oh my goodness, have you grown? It's Citadel-sized. Michael starts off with some likes. First like, grouchy old rassilon. He buggered <laughs> off too.
2: So presumably escapes the master's trashing of Gowifre. Oh, yeah. Excellent point, Michael. Yeah. And Michael also thinks the resurrection of Clara is kind of interesting. And he's mellowing slightly on Face the Pigeon, not being an absolute bag of snot. <laughs> slightly. Um, but why hasn't the Doc tried this with other dead companions? Favouritism, that's why. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> mm-hmm. Where was this Deus Ex Machina?
0: <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, Donna is is the ticking time bomb. <laughs> Where's her diner? <laughs> oh. But Michael also has some. <clears throat> First, beef. me is the last being alive at the end of everything. Fucking really. <laughs> 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 At least we don't have the 10 minute Who are you? Who am I spiel? But if she couldn't remember anything after only a couple of hundred years, how has she <laughs> remembered anything billions of years at the end of time? Oh, why, oh, why wasn't she made the series Big Bad? Massive letdown. That's two really good points in one bullet point. Second
1: beef is endless, pointless whittering about the hybrid. Maybe it's yeah. half Santaran and half Badger. <laughs>
0: Half met and half couldn't give a smaller shit. (laughs) Yes!
2: (laughs) And who let the sisters have con in? How did they even get (laughs) (laughs) there? Security, you're fired!
0: (laughs) What were the Time Lord Shade things? It feels like we missed scenes with them. Yeah, definitely underdone. Yeah. And Michael's final... (laughs) It is missed opportunity
2: for two sisters to crash into each other at the end. <laughs> Boom! And to summarize, Michael wanted Kill Bill with the doctor slaughtering a ton of time lords and then sitting on the Gallifreyan throne like Conan drinking mead from a cup made from Laprasalon's face. <laughs> it was not to be.
1: Not until the
0: sequel of Who Will Survive anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Michael has also delivered a rating of two point three out of five. Recycled baddies trapped in the bargain basement <laughs> matrix. Cheap skates, possibly cheap skates, as worn by the wraiths. Oh, that is so clever! <laughs> well done, Michael. <laughs> Thank you very much, Michael. So big, unlike your rating. Oh, incalculable. <laughs> How can people high five Michael online? Why they can go straight to Twitter ASAP. And high-five him at bad...
2: Underscore...
0: Movie... Underscore... Club...
1: Oh, wait, we've got one more listener, minute. Yes, a we do. Six. And this one's from
0: Michael French. Ooh, long time no see, Michael. I well, yeah, welcome back. Yes, holy moly. Three years and a bit since last, methinks. <laughs> Michael greets us similarly. hey yo,
1: podcast people. I may have missed most of Capaldi, including my favourite episode, Heaven Sent, Hmm. but I will try to keep up with Series 10. That being said, I don't really have much to say. I just thought this episode was fine. Not terrible by any means, just fine. After how great Heaven Sent was,
2: how could the quality not drop just a little? And Michael enjoyed being on Gallifrey again. He thought the Doctor becoming president of yet another planet was pretty cool. The Dalek demanding that they exterminate me.
1: (laughs) Him. I think you mean <laughs> extra me <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's without a filter by the way, podcast lands.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Drew. <laughs> That's a love. <laughs> uh, was the first time that Michael felt sympathy for a darling. And mm-hmm. seeing the original TARDIS gave him a giant smile. And then the Doctor's goodbye was definitely pulling at the heartstrings a little bit. Yeah, wasn't it just?
0: Michael continues, The only piece of real criticism I have is that the character of me never really seems to serve much purpose other than the Immortality is a curse storyline we've seen done before in this very show, see Captain Jack. Also, I guess Clara and me are having their own adventures. I almost think that the only reason they did that was so that in a few years... They could get some audio adventures for themselves. Oh, there's an idea. Yeah. May need to review that if that happens.
1: Michael concludes, overall, as a finale for Series 9, I think it does the job. Nothing too outstanding, does what it's supposed to, and goes. I give this one three confession dials out of five. That seems to be about where people are landing, Michael. Yeah.
0: You're fitting in nicely.
1: In fact, were I to take off 0.1 for the internet war and the cloister wars, <laughs> we didn't talk I'd be about right it there with you.
3: <laughs>
2: Such oh, a cheap trope. What you can take a 0.1 or for, which I'd forgotten to take a 0.1 or for, is the two TARDISes almost crashing into each other in the final scene. Yeah, yeah.
0: super cheesy. Yeah, super cheesy. <laughs> uh, Michael Ridgway begs to differ. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Michael French. Excellent, mini. Yeah, welcome back. Stick around, why don't you? What should Michael stick around for? Mm. Oh, excellent We've segue. <laughs> ex- <laughs> ex-
2: ex- <laughs> We've got some exciting episodes coming up. Next up on Classic Who we have
0: castro valva not how mm. jim pronounces it by the way
2: uh, you know, i was reading that one going i'm glad i don't have to say this one <laughs> how does jim pronounce it
0: i got him to say castro valva at one point
2: point. <laughs> <laughs> five. and the next new who drew is
0: the husbands of river song
1: Ooh, christmas special Yes, Christmas special, right? Indeed, and then we'll be done with 2015.
2: Is it a Christmas special and then a New Year's special?
0: No, it's two Christmas specials consecutively. Okay. It's this one and the superhero one. Is that it? Both of which I believe we have reviewed on Who Back When. Probably. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure we've done Husbands of River Song. So in anticipation of Husbands of River Song, listen to our existing instant reaction review of Husbands of River Song, and then you know submit a mini. We'll try not to overlap in theme.
1: Yeah. You'll get to hear how we've grown in intelligence, and I can't think of a word to follow intelligence. <laughs> Fuck. That just proved my point. Oh no. <laughs> I think in some way that was supposed to happen.
2: And that's it for today. I hope you enjoy listening to us all. If you want some extra in-betweeny content, you can find us on Twitter, I believe, some of us at least. Mm-mm. Drew.
1: Yeah, I might add a tweet or two before then. I can be found at Drew Oh,
0: my God, your branding is so big. and so dormant. <laughs> <laughs> Tweeted in weeks. <laughs> Don't listen to him, podcast land. Follow him pronto.
2: Proper good content, I swear. And uh and <laughs> <How about you? laughs> Why, thank you for asking.
0: I, I can be found at Pong, P O N K E N. Follow me, absolutely. I tweet at least ten times a day. <laughs> <laughs> That's a
2: lie. That first. Um, and you can follow me on Instagram. I am at Hamas and Jelly. I tweet about twice a year.
0: From Instagram. From <laughs> <Not>
2: Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we are Stank. so hip with this stuff.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've had a blast. Uh, this was a fantastic, freaking awesome soiree.
2: Very good. It's been wonderful chatting to you guys. And I hope you at home enjoyed our ramblings and musings on this episode. We love you and keep looking after each other and stay safe, everybody. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye.
0: Please stay safe. Wear a mask. Take this situation seriously. Uh, Yeah, rock on. Bye. Love you. (laughs) Tschüssi. Catch your earballs in our next Who review or bonus episode. Until then, ciao ciao. Who
3: back when?